0: While deployed to Iraq with the army one night I'd been assigned evening guard duty in one of the camp's perimeter towers. These towers were just upended concrete pipe 10 feet in diameter with a roof floor and a ladder inside. It was only two stories up and in each tower was a, a set of night vision goggles, a pair of binoculars, machine gun, a radio and a spotlight. There were two of us per tower on each shift and on this night it was me and my buddy Smith. It was a quiet, cloudless, moonlit night. So our camp was small, and it was situated on a low hill. Five towers in total protected the perimeter, with number three being the one facing the rear of the camp. We had mostly an unobstructed view out for at least a mile in all directions, but there were small hills and valleys, no more than six feet deep at the most. Otherwise, it was just empty desert while we scanned our sector, Smith and I, we just shot the breeze. We complained about the war, talked about going back home, having a beer, and meeting girls. It was the best way to pass the time, really. Then at some point during the night, we hear what I can only describe as the shriek. It was like nothing that I'd ever heard before. The sound came from somewhere off in the dark, maybe 30 or 50 yards away from us, It was short, barely a second and a half long, sharp and loud, ascending in pitch, something that could have been either woman, child, or animal in distress, or an animal in anger, I guess, but it stopped my heart, whatever it was. It was even more frightening in contrast to the calm quiet of the evening, but then it happened again, and then again. Smith, you hear that man? I asked. Yeah, what the heck is that? he said grabbing the binoculars and looking out. I don't know man but whatever it is it's freaky I said. Get the light out there Smith said. I got the spotlight out scanning the desert but there was nothing out there. I kept moving back and forth. Get the night vision Smith said. Again I scanned the desert for as far as I could see but there was nothing just empty night air. We got on the radio to the watch commander. HQ, this is Tower 3. Did you hear that? Over. The radio cracked, then responded. Uh, um, negative 3. What am I supposed to hear? But then the noise had stopped. We described what we were hearing and asked the other towers if they heard anything, but no one but us heard it. The watch Commander checked back with us a couple of times, then came up and looked for himself. He tried the night vision, then the binoculars with the spotlight, but nothing but sand. The shrieking was gone and all was quiet again. We finished the shift with no more interruptions, just the same as before. Except for one difference, I guess. I stayed perched on that machine gun, watching the night all night. In the morning after we were replaced, Smith, myself and another buddy from the watch commander's office, we went out the gate and headed in the direction of the noise. About 30 yards from the gate was the most horrific thing that i had ever seen. Scattered in about an 8 foot diameter was a, a splashing of just an absolute mess with bits of flesh and you name it. And none of us could tell if it was human or animal, but whatever it was, almost nothing was left of it. What scared us most though is that from the side of the blood, we had a direct line of sight straight to Tower 3. And even without the spotlight, we should have been able to see whatever had taken place here... But neither of us in the tower saw whatever did this. Even the watch commander himself came out to investigate. A report was made and a brief search of the area was conducted. But strangely, there were no footprints or even paw prints, no drag marks, no patterns, nothing. Whatever it was, it streaked three times, left nothing but blood and flesh and an absolute mess, and then just disappeared. It was well within eyesight of us, but it was never spotted, and honestly, it just seemed to vanish. It's been years now, and I can still hear that desperate noise, and man, every time I think about it, it gives me chills. So I, a 20-year-old female work part-time at a small business in my local mall, and usually work alone. I'm a sales associate, so I'm required to talk to customers and encourage them to buy things. It was the last hour of my shift when a creepy man came in. He was about mid-40s, and everything about him was odd. Clothes didn't fit, expensive shoes, socially awkward. He originally asked a pretty standard question about a less expensive item that I happily answered. After this though, he continued to ask questions, almost as if he wanted to keep my attention to him. He then asks if he can try out our most expensive item in the store, which is a massage chair, and I said yes, we let everyone try it out. At this point, I just thought that he was innocent yet socially awkward, and he gets into the chair to try it out, continues to ask unusual questions, We chit chat a bit and I tell him the massage chair's features and the price of it. When all of a sudden, the questions get more personal. He asked what high school I went to and if I missed it. Me being naive, I said the high school that I went to and that I didn't miss going. He said some story about a teacher that I'd never heard of and said that he missed high school a lot. He asked if I lived around there to which I avoided that question but implied that I lived close. He then repeatedly asked me the price of the chair and asked me to calculate the price along with our second most expensive item in the store as well. I thought that he was actually interested and I was convinced that he was about to buy it. We made commission on the chair so I ignored his creepiness because I wanted to make the sale. He kept insisting that he needed to walk out with the chair today and he has a truck that is big enough to hold it. It seemed that I would finally answered his questions to his liking because... I was able to walk away a bit. He then made a phone call and started describing how I look, my age, where I live approximately and what store I worked at. He then said to the person on the phone, we got one, we got one. I had suspicions obviously that he was creepy but this absolutely confirmed it. I asked him from behind the cashier's counter, you're not talking about me right? He shook his head no. He then stood up from the chair and said that he'll not be buying the chair today. I was scared and alone. Nobody else around but me and him. I ran to the back and grabbed all my stuff and pulled out my pocket knife. He then left the store and hung out right outside the only entrance or exit. I didn't want to leave but I couldn't stay inside the mall. I waited for him to go out of sight and then quickly locked the doors and I ran outside to my car. I called my manager and she said that I have to close the store properly, turn off the lights and count the register and all that. So she told me to go into a nearby store in the mall and call a security escort. I did that, was escorted back to the store to close up and was also escorted back to my car with no further incident. Now, I live in a city with one of the highest rates of human and sex trafficking in the country And I genuinely believe that I was being targeted by a human trafficker that day. I know hearing this second hand, it may not exactly seem that way, but if you had been there and if you had heard the creepiness and the phone conversation, I honestly think that you would agree with me. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate... One who comes when you call, one who doesn't forget to lock the doors, one who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice. At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. This all happened way back in 1985 and 1986, but they are things that my friend and I will never forget. So, I was working the summers at an old retreat in the North Carolina mountains with about 50 other young adults. It was great fun, too. While the place had lots of modern buildings, it was ruled over by a hulking white building built in 1912. I think it's important to note, too, that most of the building is just an extension of the mountain itself. It was built using the trees from the right, where it stands, as well as the rocks and the shoulders used for the foundation. It's three stories, but really five counting the basement and the attic full of bats. It was great watching them pour out of there every night too. The front of the building is an enormous portico with white columns stretching up all three stories. That porch is full of rocking chairs from which you can see a majestic view of the smoky mountains. But the back of the building is where we worked. We entered our housekeeping facilities via a fire escape that stretched straight up to the second floor rear entrance. A single green metal door. That door was one that I knew well housekeeping was my department for three summers and even though this was now just the end of this first summer i was well acquainted with it already it was big green metallic and heavy as all heck with a pull on the outside and a bar to push on the inside to open it it didn't stay open though in fact fire regulations required that it stay closed at all times and it was engineered to shut automatically too So of course, during the summer, with no air conditioning in the building, we kept it propped open with a full bucket of water during the day. Regulations be damned. Anyway, a few nights before we left, we were all cleaning our dorms and trying to turn it into a party when we all ran out of cleaning supplies. So around 9 o'clock at night, my best friend and I drive our lazy butts down to the back of the building. It was only a short distance, but there was a very steep incline that we didn't want to walk down. I parked my car right in front of the stairs and we got out. At this point, we both began to feel odd, too. For some reason, the air was still and stuffy, and I felt positively enveloped by this building, standing in the middle with those massive wings rising around us. The building was completely dark, and since we had been shutting it down for the winter, it was already locked up tight. My friend had been with me earlier in the day when I had locked that door, the one at the top of the stairs. As we climbed the stairs, I felt really oppressed and had to sort of stop for a moment. My friend did too. I told him that I was scared and he admitted the same which was really weird. I would never felt scared of this building before and I would spent plenty of time in it alone, exploring the basement and even the attic. Trying to push our feelings aside though, we pressed slowly forward again and a few steps up, I just literally felt an icy chill go down my spine. I know it's a stupid cliche, but I've never felt anything like it before or since then, like someone pressed an icicle down the length of my spine. Finally, we reached the top of the stairs, and the instant that I put my foot on the top landing, that door swung open wide as anything and stood open for us, revealing the short entranceway bathed in the red light of the exit sign. It almost seemed like, whatever it was, It wanted us in there and we both felt it, but it didn't feel welcoming at all. In fact, I've never been more scared of anything in my life. I still get freaked out about it now, 37 years later. But we both stood there, completely stunned for what felt like minutes before I just freaked out, started screaming incoherently and scrambled down the steps, jumping way too many on the way down. We both ran up the steep incline, yelling and screaming, leaving my car behind. Everyone came running down and searched the building with us. And it was empty, of course. And when we got back, the door was shut fast and locked when we got there. No one could have pushed that door open, mind you, and run away without us hearing them. The floors squeaked when you walked on them, and somebody running would have been very loud. I've looked at this from every angle that I can think of but I still have no explanation for what happened that night. I worked there for three more summers in that building and have more stories too but this one this one always stuck with me. My friends stayed to work through the winter one year too and they even saw what they described as a dark man with a hat in the same building. There was something really odd and eerie about that building and I don't know what it was, but whatever it is, it seems evil. So my boyfriend, Jason, 27 male, and I, 23 year old female, went on a month long trip camping to multiple states. Everything had been going really well until October 9th. We decided to ditch a campground reservation and we randomly pitched our tent near an Albion Basin within the Uinta Mountains, Alta, Utah, not far off the lake trailhead there. We parked our car around 3pm at the Albion Basin campground, closed for season. Admittedly it was a little tense because this was our first dispersed camping attempt and we had no proper backpacking gear or anything. Upon arrival, we realized the area that we wanted to pitch our tent was about two miles uphill. At this point, we started to express regret as we had planned a campsite in Nephi, Utah, that we decided to skip on a whim. So, after grumping around a bit and having a large lunch to avoid packing food, we packed our backpacks with the best gear that we had to get through the night as it was going to be 25 Fahrenheit out. We set out up the trail, seeing the occasional family or couple heading down the mountain, as we trudged on we both started to feel a bit strange though as if we didn't really even know why we were doing this. As if we should have just gotten a hotel instead of trying to play backpackers for the night but we both felt like we had something to prove so we continued. Fast forward we made it up to the lake. Totally empty so nothing like the pictures. It was disappointing and eerie to be honest. Whatever. We keep hiking up and up in an attempt for seclusion in flat land when... We stumble across a decent space. I see a small cave in the distance and point it out to Jason to deliberate if it's a heck no kind of situation, but after he checked it out, he says that it seems like a small animal crawl space, so no biggie. We set up as nightfall was quickly approaching, play some cards, bundle up, and decided to go to bed early, around 8 30 pm, as we planned to leave ASAP in the morning, maybe 5. We both sort of dwindle slowly and after what feels like 30 minutes, I woke up abruptly at 11.24pm. I woke up with a, a feeling that I'd never experienced before. I woke up wide awake, scared but unprovoked and as if there was no way in heck that I was going to fall back to sleep when I always sleep through the night. Jason was asleep so I let him be and I just laid there alert, trying to listen to anything that I could hear, which was nothing. It was very silent, in fact. Around 12am, Jason woke up, stirring, much to my delight as I didn't want to feel alone anymore. I told him that I couldn't sleep, but he suggested that I rest my eyes as we were leaving early in the morning. I agreed, initially not wanting to be a baby, and I say I was pretty scared. This was very short-lived, though, as Jason couldn't fall back asleep himself and We ended up laying there together trying to sleep when I ended up blurting out that I was scared. Eventually though we agreed that it was fine for us to just stick it through the night as it was now approaching 2.30 in the morning anyway and we had a small axe and a pellet gun for protection so I did not need to be frightened. But not even five minutes later but we're still wide awake and Jason's head perks up so fast that my heart jumped out of my chest and I whispered what is it? He replied, Listen. And I kid you not, we distinctly heard the sound of gravel crunching under boots as if someone walked up to our tent, stopped, and then walked to my side of the tent. I felt the blood drain out of my face in an instant. In real time, this all occurred in no more than 10 seconds, but my mind flashed a million thoughts, and for a millisecond, I was convinced that it was a ranger coming to tell us that we couldn't camp there. So I called out, hello, my brain entirely sure that I had heard human footsteps. Within two to three seconds of hearing the footsteps, Jason grabbed the gun and bursted out of the tent for any chance to confront this person, as I knew that he heard exactly what I had heard, but to our absolute shock, nothing. There was nothing there. As soon as Jason bursted out and me after him, there was nobody there but that made no sense because we definitely heard something or someone walk up so clearly, but nothing walked away. We hardly exchanged two words and we just packed up our stuff, looking over our shoulders, terrified, feeling watched the entire time, and we booked it down the mountain with only moonlight guiding our way, too scared to turn on our flashlights. This was the worst 20 to 30 minutes of my life half expecting to look over my shoulder to find someone following us but when we made it to our car we locked the doors and we started the descent out of the mountains almost speechless and scared out of our minds at this point we reached the town at about 3 30 in the morning and we slept in a well-lit parking lot of a grocery store after that we have obviously since discussed what happened that night and we are both still haunted by the sound of those footsteps that we heard that night. I, a female and 26, live in a flat building in a good area. It's a long, windy cul-de-sac, so there's not many cars coming in and out unless it's people leaving or coming home from work. My boyfriend, he's away in Thailand for a month and we usually take the dog out together at night. I went myself which I was fine with I mean I usually feel safe but last week at around 8pm I left the flat to take my dog for a pee. My dog is extremely excitable especially around other people. She just had a spray surgery she has a cone on her head and stitches that have to heal. I'm waiting for my dog to do her business and a car pulls in and drives slowly past me. The guy did a friendly sort of neighborly nod towards me so I did a smile back you know, to be polite and all. The guy parks at the front of the building and I'm at the other side of the car park on the grass with my dog. I'm watching my dog trying to get her to hurry up because it was freezing. I look up and the man is stood outside of his car staring at me now. A little freaked out by this, I turn my attention back to my dog. I keep looking over my shoulder and he's staring with a really creepy and weird smile on his face. I looked away again for a second, and he was walking along the road, slowly towards us. I'm a really friendly person, I can be paranoid and aware at times, I know that, as any woman should be at night, but something about him made me feel scared. He's walking so slow as if he wants to talk to me, so I hide behind a van, I know, not my brightest idea, and I'm telling my dog, hurry up and pee. I can't see him anymore all of a sudden though, which terrified me to be honest. All I hear are footsteps coming towards us. The guy peeks his face around the van and my dog goes absolutely nuts. She's jumping around, barking aggressively, which she never does with people, and the guy doesn't take that as a reason to leave. My dog is showing that she doesn't want his presence, but even though she's doing this, he continues walking towards us slowly I start backing up and say to him to please leave as she's just had surgery and she's too excited. In the most quiet sinister voice too he asks what's your name? I couldn't really hear him to be honest. He kept repeating the question as well and I eventually understood what he was asking. My dog is still going absolutely nuts at him mind you. I say again please my dog just had surgery you need to walk away she's too excited. Ignored again. Walks towards us, asking my name, so I start walking away from him. He seems to ponder for a minute, still smiling, creepily, may I add. He eventually backs up slowly, still facing me, and I swear he did this for at least 20 seconds, walking backwards like that, never letting his eyes off of me. Eventually, though, he walks back to his car normally, looks over his shoulder at me, then stands back at his car and stares for another three minutes. I pretend that my dog is doing something when she's really just being a pain in the butt and just standing there. I look up and all of a sudden he's gone. I'm shaking now sending my sister voice notes about what's going on. She's telling me just go inside but she doesn't realize that I'm frozen in fear. Eventually though I see a woman and her son rock up at the front door so I half jog over with my dog to go inside the same time as them. The front of our building has glass doors I glance in and the man is standing there, waiting for us. I told the woman, this man has been following me and my dog and I'm scared, and she walks in with me. The man sees that I'm not alone and walks right past us out of the building again. I run into the lift with my dog, get in and lock my doors. I decided to tell my two male neighbors about it, as my boyfriend is away and they agree to run downstairs if I ever need them. I took a picture of his car and registration plate as my twin sister gets the train home late at night after work and I want her to be wary of him, obviously. Well, today I was out with my dog at 11am, just doing our usual walk around the block. We walk into the building and as we're headed to the lift, I see the guy peek his head around the corner. He was looking for me and he started walking towards me. At first I didn't recognize him, but... Then he smiled his creepy smile, and I realized who it was instantly. He said hi, so I said hey, then beeline for the lift. He came towards me and my dog again. I pressed the lift button, just watching it come down from the sixth floor. He comes and stands closer to me. Again, my dog is going absolutely nuts at him. He asks what my name was. He has an accent. He asked again when I didn't understand what he was saying. I asked, what, my dog's name or mine? He goes, yours, and smiles. I froze, and I said a fake name, and then he started to move closer. I had no time to pay attention. The lift was about to open, and I could run away, but he told me his name, and I replied, nice to meet you. Finally, the lift doors opened. I walk in, and I press the button to my floor, hoping that he would leave me alone, but he ran behind me as I walked in and went... I'd like to see you again. That was weird. I was creeped out. I replied that I had a boyfriend, but thanks. As I said this, the lift doors were closing, and he tried to stick his hand out to stop the lift from closing, but thank God they closed on time. I'm only on the next floor up, so I was afraid that he was going to run up so that he could see what floor I got off at. I stopped for a moment and almost pressed a different floor, but I just wanted to get into my home and lock the doors. The lift opens and thankfully he's not there so I beeline to my front door. There's a glass door to the stairs and I swear that I saw someone coming up. I ran in, I locked the front door as quickly as I could and I was just so confused about what just happened. The next thing that I do is message everyone with the update. They told me to phone the non-emergency police number even just to get it on a record so I did that and the police arrived at my flat at 3pm. I explained everything to them, and they said that I could either A, get the police to go to his front door and tell him to knock it off, or B, next time he does something like that, tell him to leave me alone, and if he doesn't, phone the police, as it would then be considered harassment. For now, the police really couldn't do more, which is fair enough, I guess. I didn't want to anger him at this stage, as it's not a, a crime at this point, I guess you could say, but Why can't he just leave me alone? I have no idea. I mean, I clearly showed that I was not interested, and it just annoys me that this is happening to me. I hate saying something's going on when maybe it isn't, but I just have a terrible gut feeling that there's something very wrong with this guy and that this is not the last that I'll see of him. So I used to work in a factory, third shift, 12 hours every night, you'd rely on your partner at work to talk all night to get you through the shift and I always enjoyed teaming up with this particular dude because we both hold convos well and always have some interesting stuff to say. Anyways, I'm like 27 at the time and he's in his 50s, I figured that he'd have a crazy story or two so I asked him about paranormal stuff if he'd experienced anything He tells me this unbelievable story that I have to say is either true or he copied it from some amazing stories episode from the 80s or something like that but here it is. So there's a town in Ohio that's very old, very wild, forests and not much around there except a farm or two and he claims that each time he went out there he would notice that his watch would malfunction or his compass would act weird and he'd have missing time and things of that nature. So him and his buddy were out there hunting in this forest one day. They hunt all day, don't think that they killed anything, but they decided to leave. They're hiking back when a dude, about 30 years old, approaches them on a dirt road on a tractor. Clearly a a farmer type guy. He questions my co-worker and friend and tells them that they're hunting on his property. They immediately apologize and strike up a conversation and the farmer man takes a, a likening to them. Tells them that the next time that they're out there, if they should get approached or have any issues, just mention his name and they'll be okay. Well, two or so years go by and they get together again to go hunt on this property. A similar thing happens where a young man riding on a mower or a tractor approaches them and they realize that this is a different guy. They tell the young man that they have permission to be there from the owner, farmer guy from before. And he proceeds to tell me that the young man that they were speaking to gives him a strange look. The man says, You're telling me my farmer man told you guys a couple of years ago that you could hunt out here? They said yes and described the prior interaction. The young man looks puzzled and tells them to follow him back to his old farmhouse. They go inside and there's a very old man on a hospital type bed in the living room watching TV and hooked up to oxygen. The young man says... Hey dad, these men claim that you talked to them a couple of years ago and gave them permission to hunt? The old man looks at my co-worker and his friend in bewilderment and says, I remember you two. You guys haven't aged a day. It creeped them out obviously, but... Anyways, I guess they talked for a while when they left and... But they never went back there after that. Too freaked out by seeing this guy so old after what had only been, like, a couple of years. But I would like to know what you guys think. Do you guys think this story is just something made up? Is this guy that I worked with full of it? Or is there something truthful going on here? So yesterday, while returning home from my work, I was exhausted and... At some point I strayed from my routine way back home and I decided to sit down on a bench at a small park. The park was empty at the time and about five minutes later a young man that I'd say he was in his late 20s to early 30s dressed in a business suit holding a briefcase sat on the bench across from me and started to occasionally stare at me. Later on he got up and sat next to me on a bench and said how are you Jennifer? He had a British accent and he was speaking in a very exaggerated manner. I was surprised and thought that this was someone that I must have known from college or high school that I just didn't remember at the time. And when I asked how he knew my name, he simply replied, oh, it doesn't matter. And then put his briefcase to his lap and clasped his hands on top of the briefcase. At this point I started to feel worried and I asked him again how he knew me but before I could finish my sentence he interrupted me and said, I'll get into it in a little while but first let me ask you, are you satisfied with where you're living right now? And then just said my entire address. He then said, what are your thoughts on your workplace? Are you satisfied with your wage? And then he correctly stated my wage. At this point... I was getting really creeped out by him and asked him who he was again and he calmly replied, It doesn't matter at this point or moment, I don't recall what exactly he said, but right now what matters is that I want to help you. He then went on to state a lot of personal information about me that I wouldn't think anyone would ever know and he especially knew a lot about my personal relationships, about people that I know as he was saying all this stuff I started to pack up my things and got up from the bench and asked who he was and what he wanted in a sort of worried manner. He didn't answer me and told me to calm down. I then yelled at him asking what the heck he wanted from me and who he was and he didn't say anything and he did this very weird thing where he sort of rolled his eyes first and then slowly turned his head behind as if someone was standing behind him and just said very well then The way he did that was so strange though, like almost as if he was a character giving the camera a side eye and breaking the fourth wall. He picked up his briefcase, got up from the bench, and he started to approach me. I tried to reach for the pepper spray in my bag, but he grabbed my arm and said, no need for that, pushed me away, and I lost my balance and fell to the ground. And then he quickly walked away. Obviously, I was really scared after falling to the ground and didn't know what to do for a solid minute. When I got back up, I went the way that he walked away, but I didn't see him. Which was strange because I should have been able to. It was then that I decided to just get out of the park and just go home. Overall, his mannerisms were really strange and he used his hands in a sort of elegant manner a lot when he talked. Like as if he was a theatrical actor and as I stated before, he spoke in a British accent. I live in the US and spoke theatrically as well if that makes sense. He was tall, very well dressed, clean shaven, had short slicked hair and was wearing circular glasses. Another detail that I noticed was that he had this square pin on the lapel of his blazer. The pin was white and it had sort of like a little black trident on it. I obviously haven't gone to the police yet, but I do intend to, but I really don't know what to say or what evidence to provide apart from a small wound on my hand. Is there a place where I can ask for some advice about what to do about this situation? I'm a bit lost in all this, and I just don't know what to think of it. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.